Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. You sure? I think so. I am your... I don't, I don't know who I am today sometimes. I'm Megan. Uh, I'm here. Yes, we're both here, and we're here to talk about Star Wars, uh, as per usual, here on the Main Show. Um, and uh, semi-relevant uh, Star Wars, because uh, just recently a new book was released for Star Wars. From a certain point of view, strikes back. And uh, if you've listened long term, I wouldn't say we talk about it often. We talk about it a lot. But not like if you've listened to the last five episodes, we've already referenced it. But like if you've listened for a while, you've heard us talk about the original from a certain point of view. Mm -hmm. Which, if you don't know, is a novel of 40 short stories celebrating the 40 years since the release of the original Star Wars. Uh, And, of course, three years later, um, Empire Strikes Back was released, so three years later, well, 43 years later, we get, from a certain point of view, Strikes Back. Yes, we do. Hopefully, three more years, we'll get Return of the Jedi. And then, hopefully, 16 years later, we'll get The Phantom Menace and so forth and so on. <laughs> I genuinely hope that we do not have to wait that long because I don't think I have the patience. Well, we can't make it 40 years old early. Like I know, but like, <laughs> I, I wish they did it for like another anniversary, mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe 25 years. Um, I mean, I guess they could. I just would hate that there would be so few stories because part of the appeal yeah. of these is that there's so many stories to tell that you get such a variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what I love about the original, and they proved again uh, that that's what's great about the the second one, because you don't just get the main characters. Because if, if you did the twenty fifth anniversary, you could do the main characters. Yeah. But we want to know about people that n- didn't have names before. We want to know about people that are just in the background. Like yeah. we want to know about Cantina aliens. Like, um, and, and and that's the whole thing. And and I, I I was telling someone this on social media this morning. When you read these books, you don't watch the movies the same way ever again because it adds so much. Unlike other things where it's like, oh, this other event that we'll never really see. Okay, so for for instance, Master and Apprentice, the novel. Um, We won't see that. We won't see Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor tag-teaming again as Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in a film or something like that. That happened over there. Now, things happened there that influence what we see um in the film sure so like oh that little fight that they have about disobeying the council i see where that happened like you know uh but you don't see what informs those this is different because literally there's no story that takes place that doesn't have influence in one form or another from what you're seeing in the movie so as you're watching this movie the things you can almost pick up on what what did the author pay attention to in the scene they were given yeah. to inform their story? You know, like, oh, you know, he just is the guy making sure that the ships uh, are out of range or whatever, you know. And then, well, what, what would be significant about that? What if he had a personal attachment to one of those ships? Yeah. You know, you have, um, well, hey, those four aliens seem to be playing card game together why would they be playing that card game together uh so forth and so why why doesn't the bartender like droids like all of those little things that inform the 40 short stories that we get it's it's crazy and so Mm -hmm. when you know those things 
All of a sudden, it's not just a radar technician. All of a sudden, it's not just four random aliens. All of a sudden, it's not just a bartender with a grumpy attitude. Like, it's incre- it's incredible. Oh, yeah. e- everybody gets enhanced. Everything gets enhanced. And when you have that in your mind and you go back and watch the movie, it's phenomenally different. And I'd argue if you if episode four is like not on high on your favorite list, read the book. And then I'm pretty sure it'll bump up at least maybe one. Maybe one or two. So um, not that you need much more reason to like Empire Strikes Back. It is the best Star Wars. But, Whoa. well, I mean, Hot in take. my personal opinion. I, I agree to a point. Mm-hmm. I think that it is the best made. Um, dear Lord, what are the original the original trilogy? Mm-hmm. No, that's not to say that the other two are bad, but like I think it was very well made, mm-hmm. just in film in general. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's very good uh, in a lot of ways. It mm-hmm. there's, I mean, again, it's just my personal opinion. I'm not saying that there's any specific evidence to it being like I just I feel like for me that's the most viewable with no problem mm-hmm. um second would definitely be the Phantom Menace and third would be the Last Jedi mm. so it's literally just based on the fact that I can watch those and I personally either don't care if there's something that I'm kind of eh on or don't have anything I'm mm-hmm. eh on um that's kind of my basis on what like how I put certain films higher versus lower is I love these movies but there's just that one part where I'm just like I kind of tune out but then it comes back to me you know I mean I don't think it's unfair or unfan like to say that there's parts of certain Star Wars movies where we all are just kind of like okay this is the part I can look at my phone for a minute you know I mean I mean, people feel that way about The Phantom Menace. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't enjoy the Senate scenes. Like, they thought that they were boring. That's personally some of the best Star Wars, in my opinion. Which like, I think retroactively, kind of like what we're talking about with the books, has been made better by all the Clone Wars stuff. Exactly. Like, it shows, it lays the framework for Palpatine's rise to power. If you're not paying attention, mm-hmm. then it's very easy to sit back and think, well, how did he become emperor? Well, and I think that's what's happened is people got on the other side when all the pieces were put together and then realized the things that weren't interesting in the first movie yeah. are interesting because it, if you're if you're watching the whole, it doesn't look as, whoa, they just gave him all this emergency power. Like, well, yeah. if you haven't seen, he's been working towards that since he, the beginning. Like, he is responsible for the blockade in the, that they are fighting in the first movie. Like, yeah. oh, it makes me so angry when people don't like the Senate stuff. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make me angry. It makes me sad for them. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I think if you've given it genuine tries, then, you know, that's yeah. the, that's just you it's and that's fine. Enough. But if you kind of have bandwagoned or just kind of tuned yeah. out, um, I, I don't think that's been fair to the movie. Yeah. Um, Sorry. We got so, off on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, all re- relatable. So you don't need much more reason to like episode five mm-hmm. if you're me and agree with me. Um, but maybe you're you're different and maybe the, uh, that's not as high on your uh, movie mm-hmm. list. Ooh. Got to be careful with my hands. They're dangerous weapons. They're um, But it, regardless, uh, there's much to be had and add to uh, your viewing of that with the new new book in 
having interacted with some of the artists for uh, art, yeah. artists. I mean, they are artists. They artists are of words. Word artists. Um, some of the authors yeah. of, uh, from a certain point of view, like when this came yeah. out, we were baby podcasts. Yeah. No, we weren't even a podcast. We weren't even a podcast. Oh you my had gosh! Just read it and told me about it, and then you yeah, made me read. Yeah, we weren't um, even real. Yeah, we weren't you, alive. You made me read the Organa story, and I got sad. Yeah, and then I didn't want to read the rest of the book. For Which a while. Uh, is is one we have talked about on the show before. Um, was uh, about Brea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when this came out, we weren't even real. We weren't nerd herder. So did we exist before we put it on the <laughs> No. It's like Unis Honest. It didn't exist before and it won't exist after. I don't want to talk about um, it. so we didn't we had no interaction with these people. Like we've retroactively met these people. Yeah. Um, but for for all intents and purposes, um now it's kind of weird, but like yeah. authors that are creating Star Wars stuff, because we have a podcast, we can talk to them yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> like we have interacted like friend of the show michael morisi mm-hmm. we've which talked to we him about so, so many things. yeah which we you know we talked i remember it was so significant when we got to talk to him yeah. when he was writing his first star wars story and here he is now uh in a novel and everything like that and i mean we don't have any investment in that we didn't do anything to help him get there but it, <laughs> at the same time when we saw his author credit, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, hey, yay, we, we know how much he wanted that. Like, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's like when a friend gets an award at school and you're the person in the crowd just cheering the loudest. It's like, yay. Yay, he just started. Um, but so many, so many great authors. Some have returned, some new, uh, which is mm-hmm. exciting, and um, all kinds of great stuff. So uh, definitely check that out. It's out now. Um, you can get it on Audible. Do yes. recommend that. I actually... This is one of the books I recommend getting both, if you can swing it, because they have a great voice cast, um, and on top of that, it's also nice just to support the physical edition, Um, and, you know, we got the Audible version first, we're going Mm -hmm. to get the physical uh, edition this weekend. Because I got that Barnes & Noble hookup. Right, so uh, we will talk about the new one after we give it some time to uh, linger out there and for plenty of people to read it. A lot of people got, uh, oh, what do they call them, like early editions or, yeah, Um, they got got the hookup, we're not bitter. We get it at work, but we didn't get for this one. Sure. Uh, Well, you don't get the, you don't get the early, early edition. We do. You don't, well, you don't, yeah, but you can't sell it. You can't have it. Yeah, we can. No, you... Booksellers can take them home. Really? Yeah. That's not fair. It, it, those books that I brought home not too long ago, like, they send home author copies. Well, not author copies, but advanced copies. And mm-hmm. I brought them home. They're the same author that did the Spiderwick Chronicles, so I was like, ooh, gimme. Well, there you go. Yeah. There we go. Well, where where were you? I, we didn't get this one. We don't have an affiliate with Del Rey. You need to work on it. Tom, let's work on it. Tom. Um. Anyway... So we didn't get an advanced copy. No, we didn't. Because not. somebody doesn't have the hookup. But nonetheless, we want to give people plenty of time. It's a 15 hour audio yeah. novel. <laughs> uh, and if you read like me, that's 24 hours uh, of, uh, of actual physical reading. So, and if you um, read like me, it's about five days. Yeah. So, um, it, so what we wanted to do instead was uh, talk about the original um, leading up to that. Because the whole idea, and we're not going to talk about every story because it's 40, that's too much. We're not going to also take over multiple episodes to do that. 
Uh, but we wanted to do enough to convince you. You should check this out. Yes. Um, so for if you haven't read it, for the five stories we're going to talk about, there are spoilers. So yes. there you go. Um, they are sort of significant. I mean, at the end of the day, nothing happens entirely that you wouldn't already know about from the film. But other events around the context of those points happens yeah. that would be, if you want to experience them for, for yourself, Yes. I don't recommend listening to and this. And there is one that I specifically recommend that you do not listen to that segment. You read it for yourself and get the feels so hard. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's the radar technician one. Oh, okay, yeah. Which which, which has no spoilers. No spoilers. But it, so the, but and it that's a perfect you. example. Yeah, it, it, there's no spoilers for story. It's literally just spoilers of a, like feeling genuinely yeah. and firstly because, uh, what's going on. Yeah, there is something so special about a story that punches you in the chest and mm-hmm. makes you feel so hard because you know the context, mm-hmm. but the unreliable narrator Which is does not. what many of the authors chose to do was, yes. I'm going to make you remember this, like, <laughs> insignificant <laughs> moment. I'm going to make you feel it. Yeah. Well, like, I don't, I don't know. Are we going to talk about the Organa story or have we already... We talked about it before, so no, yeah. not on this one. The moment where they oh, that's see, where she dies. Yeah, yeah, literally, like the planet yeah. blows up. Like, well, the, the moment <laughs> in the story where they see the space station mm-hmm. that hurt me deep inside when I mm-hmm. read it for the first time. Yeah, like I just. And that's what I mean. There, there's many a story like that uh, in these forty. Um, that's all about. Uh, hey, we're making a moment hurt. Oh yeah, it hurts. <laughs> so uh, it's like a season of Doctor Who up in here. Um, so yeah, so spoiler alert up front, just go ahead and tune out if you want to check it out for yourself. Yes, there if, is a skip button on it If on, you want uh, to um, kind of hear it out and see if you want to check it out, then, you know, feel free to enter. So uh, yeah, this was out in 2017. Um, like I said, 40 authors. Uh, it was amazing. The um, audio, audio book version is great as well. Usually uh, they have their first call list, which usually includes, like, Mark Thompson. He usually just does most of the books. He has for a very, very long time. They yeah. got a lot of other people, great people to do it, except for John Hamm. He can suck an egg. But um, everybody else was great. You don't like John Hamm, and I don't know why. I don't know, but uh, he's definitely not my boba. Hashtag not my boba. You, you haven't seen him on SNL. That's the thing. Don't need to. All right. Fine. It's fine. It's, he's on there with Elijah Wood. Him and Elijah Wood can go suck an egg. Wow. Just go suck a dragon egg. Wow. Um, anyway, so uh, for the first one, we're going to go in chronological order um, just because that's how that goes. So if you're reading the book, it starts from the beginning of the movie and goes to the end of the movie, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and so you can almost like pick it up, read, watch a little bit, read, watch a little bit. It's interesting. Uh, if anybody wants to try that, you you know, let us know. So the first one is Ramus by Gary Witta, which is impressive because Gary Witta had some um, writing credit with uh, Rogue One uh, and everything. So for anyone to talk about the events immediately after Rogue One, yeah. it's very appropriate that it's Gary Witta, uh, who is a very cool guy. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much what you would expect. It's, it's what's going on but in the perspective of... Ramus, and that's what it is from a certain point of view it's from every point of view except who you think it should be for the scene yeah so like opening scene it's you you would think it would be 
I guess technically it should be C-3PO because he's who we first meet and that's who we're kind of catching up with. Mm-hmm. So, but with this, it's like, no, we're, you get that in the movie. You get their point of view there. Yeah. We're going to look at this guy. Um, and so uh, Ramus Antilles is the captain of the ship, the, you know, uh, right-hand man of, of Princess Leia and everything. Yeah. Uh, and he's the one that gets choked out by Darth Vader. He does indeed. And really all this story does, as many do, is just to fill the gap between what happens before that. And now that we have Rogue One, what happens after that? It literally picks up after the whole scene of, you know, in Rogue One, the ending, what did they send us? And, and Leia says, hope. And, like, the first line is literally after that. Hope? Yeah. What? I love the opening of this story where it's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. she is like, she's sure, so Leia. vague sometimes. Um and it's just trying to, like, figure out what's going on. It also rationales how the Empire tracked them down. They had a leaky reactor uh, when they jumped into hyperspace. So they they left a trail. And also, they left Rogue One in hyperspace. So why are they in, you know, regular space then? Mm-hmm. Well, because, because of the leaky reactor, they eventually yeah. just stopped. Like, it stopped working. So they just entered regular space, which made it easier for the Empire to catch them. There's a lot of rationale in this one. Um, like, why did they go to Tatooine? Why wouldn't she go to Alderaan? Why wouldn't she go to Yavin 4, where she was sent from, and all this mm-hmm. other stuff? Um, you know, a, a lot of people would be, would probably think of it as fixing plot holes, or maybe not necessarily yeah. plot holes, because that's negative, but, like, just... Adding context. Well, I mean, and that's essentially what it is. It's mm-hmm. just, but is is it wrong to fix things on the back end well that's the thing is it a lot of plot holes Mm -hmm. for those audio listeners i'm doing air quotes um but if we're a lot of so-called plot holes if you stop thinking of it as a gap in the story and start thinking of it as our characters are unreliable narrators Mm -hmm. they don't know the full context of what's going on Mm -hmm. therefore how could they know about this or mm-hmm. this or this? Like, it wasn't their story to tell. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Like, I, I, I don't like the term plot holes. Mm-hmm. There are some movies with very blatant plot holes. Uh, none in the Star Wars universe, in my opinion. But, like, I, I just think it's a lack of context. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with coming back later and adding context to it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that if it's a perfectly reasonable explanation... In the get-go, it's one of those things where if you want to talk about it, sure. But, I mean, I don't really think you have to. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of those stories where you don't have to explain all this stuff. But if you want to, sure. Yeah. Cool. Because yeah. um, really, I mean, again, it's just it's really just from Ramus's perspective at the same time. So it, he's also kind of going through the checklist of, okay, things are bad. It's not great. The Empire's probably going to find us. You know, he's kind of yeah. going through his checklist of what do I need to do and get into order if this does go as bad as it's going to go. And one of the reasons this is my favorite, um, one of my favorite stories, and I think I've mentioned this before, is because of the last line where, um, you know, he's getting choked out by Vader and uh, the whole time he's been trying to write story, uh, write letters to his family yeah. uh, in the event of his death. He didn't get to do that, that first tragedy of the book. Um, you know, and in the end, he's thinking about that, but he's also thinking about how, but Leia got away. Leia, yeah. Leia has a plan. She's going to do this. She, 
she always has something she can do and blah 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 so it it's going to be okay and and so like the last line is like in the end he hoped or yeah. something like that i um, love that and and, and, the, and that's the thing he still dies it, yeah. he's always still going to die but it adding the positive connotation to it yes is is very cool yeah. and i just i just love that one liner yeah and we also get the physical description of what it feels like to be force choked yeah like the iron grip was around his throat mm-hmm. i like that yeah well yeah because i mean both hands are mechanical at this point so yeah it's like <laughs> a vice grip um that's awesome so yeah i mean uh first out the gate kind of gives you the perspective of what every other story is going to be it's hey, we're not going to focus on who you think is important. Um, For all intents and purposes, they kind of stray away from most of the main characters. Um, Either they talk about them, you know, uh, peripherally uh, Mm -hmm. through other characters or through moments that we don't get. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we're going to talk about Obi-Wan, we're not going to talk about things you see. We're going to do something else, Uh, which leads us to our next story very good story which is master and apprentice this now although i'm going through these stories that we picked the five we picked chronologically uh this is not the next story this is not the second story um we're skipping around because we only picked five of the 40 um so we're not talking about everything we're not jumping immediately and next um (laughs) so if you're following along at home uh this one's a little bit later because this happens uh on tatooine this happens After Luke and Obi-Wan discover the Jawas have been murdered, uh, mm-hmm. as, and Obi-Wan deduces it's, it's stormtroopers, uh, they're looking for the droids. They figured out where the droids are. So this is right. This is at, while uh, Luke's gone. Luke goes uh, to check on Owen and Beru. Mm-hmm. We see that in the film. So what's Obi-Wan doing uh, while Luke is out there, you know, having his little farm boy heartbroken well he's cremating some bodies <laughs> well yeah um and talking to his master yeah i mean the jawas don't matter they're dead uh what matters is the dead guy that can still talk yeah i do i love this i, I almost said scene but this story it's mm-hmm. so it it's so qui-gon mm-hmm. it, like i love his just matter of fact speaking of like well you're gonna have to train him Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just love, I love Qui-Gon for many different reasons, but mm-hmm. I just love how supportive he is of Obi-Wan as well, mm-hmm. even as an old grun- grungy old man. Yeah. Like, well, um, you know, they, they highlight in there that, you know, they, they recognize and still play that master and apprentice role. Like, yeah. just because Obi-Wan has had all these years of experience and has aged far beyond what yeah. Um, well, not far beyond, either right around what Qui-Gon's age was, because I think canonically he's, like, supposed to be 60 in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. So Jedi Jedi be spry Jedi, for their age. They do be spry, or in Obi-Wan's age. Well, two sons, gruntles. lots of depression. Yeah, that'll do it to that'll you. That'll do it. Uh, he's so, probably been smoking some death sticks. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, Got to get through it somehow. Um, so... Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that... Well, first of all, it's the perspective is Qui-Gon, who mm-hmm. never appeared in this movie. So this inserts him in because, I mean, of course it makes sense that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon would have... We know they would have 
communed and talked to each other because Yoda sets that up in episode three. So to get the payoff of that, of this is happening, this Mm -hmm. has happened, this this happens often, actually. Which makes me want that uh, attack the clones certain point of view so much. Because, like, I feel like the first time he talks to Qui-Gon would be, like, a good Well, he wouldn't learn. He doesn't know that that, by that point. So, no. Now, I mean, I'm sure that scene might happen maybe later. But, um, true. you know, yeah. he wouldn't have had it at that point. Very so, um, you know, and we get the perspective uh, from Qui-Gon of what it's like to be a Force ghost, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, like he talks about becoming physical, which explains how Force ghosts are kind of able to interact with certain things in the, I guess, physical world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Claudia Gray plays it very... Uh, ethereal in the sense because like it starts off with that like so he's he's summoned by his name Mm -hmm. but in the force he merely knows it as the name of 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 the being he used to be not who Mm -hmm. he is the artist formerly known as Qui-Gon right because he is now the force Mm -hmm. so it it plays out in this transition of pulling away from the big ethereal spiritual realm and, and kind of focusing in on, you know, this little vessel of a being that mm-hmm. is Qui-Gon. And so it's it's really this, like, super, m- m- like, galaxy mind, enlightenment thought of, you know, you, you, re- you know, they've moved on. They've become one with the Force. Like, we see what that means. It mm-hmm. means you're part of the whole big picture life. And now it, it, this... Jedi skill is to be able to bring yourself from that all to the one. Yeah. So instead of just going on and being all for the rest of eternity, you are able to return as the one you once were. It's really, it's weird because it's it's not like heaven where I think a lot of people, um, which I'm not saying this is what heaven's like. (laughs) Uh, We can talk about Revelation later. But like people imagine it's this, like waiting room like you just go up there and you're just hanging out with god and you're just waiting on the rest mm-hmm. of the the story to end and it's just like you're seeing everything you're experiencing everything and you know a lot of people have you know that just idea of oh they're looking down on you and you know seeing this and all that other stuff and it's just like i i guess some people would kind of fill in the gap and think the force death is like that you're just up in heaven you're in force heaven and you're just there and when they ask, you just come down and hang yeah. out. But this plays it very, very different. And and this kind of goes to why, well, why didn't Qui-Gon just come uh, and talk to Anakin? Why didn't, um, you know, Anakin just come and talk to Ben? It's this idea that maybe it doesn't work like that. Maybe they they don't necessarily consciously choose mm-hmm. to appear. They, they appear when called, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't think it's like, I don't think Octo is haunted <laughs> like, <laughs> right. with um, Luke's Force Ghost. But I think in that moment, Ray needed to speak with him. Well, and therefore. And, and that's what, I mean, I'll be interested when we are able to get to that story uh, with Return of the Jedi. Because, you know, so in Return of the Jedi, after Yoda dies, um, Luke's wa- walking around and throwing rocks. And he's like, Ben, why didn't you tell me? He says that. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that wasn't the call. If, yeah. if Obi-Wan wasn't like, oh, oh, God, he, he said my name. That's a call. Like, because he appears right after that. Yeah. And he was like, listen here. 
Right. So, but then, um, you know, in Return, uh, so that's in Return of the Jedi. But like you said, in in uh, the Rise of Skywalker, I wonder if in that moment she's thinking like, you know, Luke was right. I, you know, it's better if I just don't get involved. Like she's thinking it. I, yeah. And that's, I know that's one of those things where you're like, oh, that's a plot hole that fixes a thing. But I'm like, it. I. I this sets up the idea. Yeah. The goat. The ghost. The, goat. the the ghost has to be called. They have to be willed into. Yeah being again or to go even sillier um luke has a little light going off in his brain just like oh ray's doing something stupid (laughs) right ben's doing something stupid again it 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 adds that idea that they don't just show up when they want to they they can't yeah they show up when they're needed and called and and i think that adds a lot to the significance of when they appear Mm -hmm. it's not i mean because then it's a matter of wouldn't they just stay here forever yeah. You know, wouldn't they just continue to be... Like, it's not about living again. You've already lived. You've moved on now. It's about being able to be a part of the big picture and the individual picture at the same time mm-hmm. while also not at the same time. Because what's interesting is even when Qui-Gon is with Obi-Wan, he's still he's still connected with the whole big picture. Mm-hmm. So everything, like, he, he goes far beyond all this other stuff. And, and like, yeah. it's so crazy. It, um, it gets, like, miskatonic there for a little bit, where mm-hmm. it's just, like, he knows what's about to happen to Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, and he makes reference to it quite often. So, yeah. like, if you're at all interested in the Force, Force ghosts, and all that other stuff, this doesn't yeah. answer all questions. This doesn't provide as a how-to guide or a complete answer guide. But, it's but it a, makes it, sense. It's really good if you're interested in that stuff. And, and we haven't even talked about some of the things. We didn't even talk about what they talk about, what they discuss during yeah. Qui-Gon's visit and everything like you're that. You're going to have to watch it or read it or listen to it. Something. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to consume You're it. going to have to do something today. Uh, <laughs> so moving on, next uh, we have uh, Lena. I really love this one. The name alone lets you know that, what, who, who the heck is that? Um, and this one hurt me. This one I love. Uh, this one is probably, yeah, definitely in my top five of all of these stories. If you have not read the book, if you're thinking about it, do not listen to this segment. Go read it. Yeah. I cannot recommend this one enough. Mm-hmm. If you are a fan of just, I knew you would like this one. I it hurt. <laughs> I I just I don't normally like father-daughter stories because they make me cry mm-hmm. because I love my dad. So this one, it hit me in a special way. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm a daughter. Wait, <laughs> oh no. Right. My father sent me away. At one... No, he didn't. Um. So yeah, so made reference to this one earlier. This one is um, about a radar technician named Rayland or, mm-hmm. or Ryland. How it's did, Ryland. How did they pronounce Ryland? It's Ryland. I didn't like the name. But if your name's Ryland, whatever. You're probably all right. You're probably okay. Um, so on Yavin, this is the guy that sits in the crow's nest and, you know, uses the manual. Okay. It's probably because Yavin is, it's it's just a temple. It's not high tech. They're, they retrofit it a lot, but it's more than likely to be like, hey, we don't have full planetary radar, so we need to spot ships going up and out and making sure everything's okay. Yeah. That's probably why they have the radar technician, probably. I guess. But it's mostly probably just because it's a neat shot. Right. Oh, it is very is. So um, the whole thing with it, I'm sure, was the idea of 
how do we make that significant? What if we make it personal? What if we make a shift that he's seeing personal? And what I love is, so they start with that. They start with um, up front, you know, he is watching the ship carrying his daughter mm-hmm. leaving. Oh, we completely forgot to mention, this is by Will Wheaton. I mean, it was going to get in there one way oh. or another. But yeah, sorry, it's written by Will Wheaton. That's why it's depressing. If you don't know who Will Wheaton is, shut up, Wesley. Yeah, Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation. The uh, best he, Star Trek. He's, he's, a, he's a decent guy. He is a very cool guy. He, he like anyone, um, has parts of them that people aren't biggest fans of. I get that. Some people like me but also don't like certain things I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying he's perfect. You know, I get that for some reason he's very uh, polarizing somehow in the geek community. Yeah. But He's very open about his political views. Sure. Which to some can be polarizing. Mm-hmm. To others, meh. Yeah. So all that to say, as far as fandom and geekiness, he's a cool guy. Yeah. So, uh, and a great author. Yeah, he's fantastic. So, um, yeah, so the ship carrying his daughter is leaving. And then uh, time skip to earlier in the story yeah. to explain all that. And he's filming um, a, his last kind of words to her. Like, it's like, hey, I, you know, when you're old enough, watch this so that you understand what's happening. But I have to send you away because yeah. the Empire has found out about where we are, uh, but we can't leave because we still need to fight the Empire. And talks about why, you know, they they fight the Empire and everything. And yeah, tells the story of how her mother died. Yeah. And what it was like on the mining colony Which, that they came um, from. This really felt like, uh, you know, the Empire's always been very referential of uh, Nazis, uh, while also... Uh, Ironically, and you can read into it as much as you want, a uh, commentary on 70s and 80s America. Yeah. Uh, so, oh. whatever you want to believe about that. Dude, there was a whole, like, communist ousting moment in this. Yeah, like... well, and this was specifically very um, Nazi, sort of germany influence. you know, during um, the circumstances of, like, Auschwitz and, and all of that stuff, yeah. where... It's like, it's not just the Nazis that are bad. It's the people that report Jews just to get on the side. It's the people that play to the power that these evil people have. Yeah, and the word that he uses is collaborators, which is a very good term. Yeah, so someone they trusted outed them for merely having a moral compass that didn't agree with the empire, which in Nazi Germany even was enough, even if you weren't Jew, if if you were anti you know, German regime, that was enough. You were an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very, in the famous American words, if you're not with us, you're against us. So if you don't agree with us, you might not actively be a rebel, but that's enough uh, to warrant you uh, getting outed. Or in this case, um, just death. Like, you know, this was a very visceral one. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're very image-oriented uh, like I am, I see these stories when I read or hear them and so to just, like, you know, the way he talks about it with uh, how she was killed, like, the instantaneousness of it mm-hmm. and the just, why? Like, he knew we weren't rebels. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very intense, I'll say, um, which is very Will Wheaton, I think. You know, he feels and and has even been very open with how he struggles with mental health and depression and all of that stuff. And And yeah. I see this as being... I'm not trying to say, like, he forces it in there, but it's just I see him putting his feelings into this. Yeah, he 
he definitely has a lot of passion for subject matter like this. Right. And, and you could tell. Yeah, and, and I think the thing isn't to say, oh, I want to make people feel as sad as possible. I think it's more so, I want people to understand how a father could give up his daughter to fight this empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why a regular dude would join guerrilla terrorists, essentially, to take down the established government. Because, like, I want to get into the, the nitty-gritty of motivation. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's what he does, and it's crazy and intense. Um, and so, but it's it all serves to, like, explain and, and do this. And, and I love the point when he's talking to his daughter. He, he goes into detail about how she, his her mother was killed, but then stops and rewinds and re-records it to leave it at, you know, she fought for what was right. Yeah. She stood up no matter what, even when she knew it was dangerous. Yeah, it's women like her who are behind the rebellion. Yeah, um, and I like that in that he, and, and I think that's what sets up the notion, like, oh, you, you, they just wanted to throw the saddest story out there to make you feel, no, like, he, it, he puts it out there and then he retracts it. It leaves it at, you don't need all the grim details. You don't need all of that. You just need to know that your mother did the right thing no matter what. And that's enough. And that's a, like that's the motivation, yeah. uh, is giving her her legacy. Um, you know, she's like two, I think he says in the story yeah, or something like that. Yeah, she's almost two. Which, um, I don't know. He might have been a fairly new father when this happened in 2017, right? Uh, no, his kids are grown. Grown, grown, really? Like grown, grown, really? Yeah. I Way think to go, his... Wesley. <laughs> no, they, Good on they're you. technically his stepchildren. Oh, okay. Uh, but he adopted them I as thought, adults. I thought I thought he had a biological kid though. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah, they're. Uh, Which one is boys. the one with the pea cup? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's the older one. <laughs> y- you need to look up Will Wheaton pea cup. <laughs> uh, don't worry, the FBI won't hurt you. But you definitely oh, need to hear him tell that story. It's the funniest story. It's amazing. Um, so definitely, this is one of my favorites. Um, it feels intensely. It's it's very yeah. strong. It's very well done. And the last um, couple of lines will punch you in the face. Yeah. So uh, definitely check that one out. Um, I mean, we set it up a lot, but you can still hear all the, the um, goings-on, yeah. and it's great. And while you're at it, go read Will Wheaton's other books. Yeah. Like, he is a fantastic author. He's written a couple of, I guess, autobiographical books mm-hmm. uh, that are his short stories, mm-hmm. and they are all just, if you like this, you will love them. Yeah, like, check it out. a fantastic author. Check out all of these authors' uh, other works, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general... I know it's easy to latch onto them because of Star Wars, but so many of them, like for instance, again, Michael Morisi, we we met him because of Star Wars. Hey, you're working on Star Wars comics? Oh, you have other comics? I guess we could check those out. And yeah. now they're some of my absolute favorite comics. Yeah. He is a fantastic author as well. Yeah, and so it's one of those things where it's like they're great at other things than just Star Wars. So definitely go and support them for that, uh, for sure. If nothing else, find one from every author. To add to your list. Mm-hmm. Not, obviously, that's going to take a while to get through. But, I mean, just add it to your list. Say, eventually, I'm going to check this out. Yeah. Um, what's really cool is because so many of the, the authors for the new one, um, Strikes Back, uh, so many of them had other works also happening alongside that. So yeah. they have Star Wars and other things to be excited about, um, it, which, man, I, I can only imagine what that's like. Like, this thing I love, I'm doing for Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. So, like, I want to work towards writing 
<laughs> just so I can write a story for the for the Phantom Menace for right? years. Yeah. Well, like, you you've got sixteen years. I, I'm gonna do my best. Yeah. Because like I want to write the story. No, you got nineteen years. Yeah. There you go. That's real. That's yeah. doable. I want to write the story of Maul and Palpatine in the transport. There you go. Just going towards Tatooine and being like, all right, go ahead, buddy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to write the story about Shmi and Anakin. Oh, yeah. you would hurt me even worse than Will Wheaton. Because mm-hmm. like that, oh. I just, I can't. Yeah. I can't think about Shmi too hard. And I, I would just, I would just make it autobiographical, but. Um, so, support authors. Support They're great authors. people. Love authors. Next up is uh, another <laughs> one of uh, our favorites, yes. uh, someone we absolutely loved meeting and talking to, Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott. This dude is amazing. Primo He's so boy. tall. He's so and tall. And his voice is so regal. Right? Uh, I... I really, 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 I mean, I remember at Celebration when I was off doing something. I was off buying something, I think. Yeah. And you were just kind of wandering around. I was like, I want to check this out. You just go check something else out. Yeah. And so I'm there, and I'm standing in line getting stuff, and you text me. It's just like, hey, I met Kevin Scott. Yeah. I did, like, the invasion of the body snatchers point and scream. Yeah. And I was just like, Kevin Scott. Yeah. And so you had this whole thing with him. And then it's just like, I get there late. And it's just like, oh, hey, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) I got my Dooku posters. Yeah. Um, And that's where we set up uh, an interview. And we got to talk about Dooku Jedi Lost. And, um, you know, and what was so funny is, you know, how much of that we ended up getting off and, like, talking about Harry Potter and Doctor Who. Yeah. He corrected my perspective on Yoda. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I, before meeting Kevin Scott, I had a negative, well, not, like, completely negative, but mm-hmm. I had a leaning negative opinion of Yoda mm-hmm. and the character that he was, but he changed my perspective, mm-hmm. which, as you know, is kind of hard to do sometimes. Sure. Like, so, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen. Right. There, there you go. go. So, uh, yes, Kevin Scott's great. Go support his other works. He does so many Star Wars. He's done so much uh, for Star Wars. Uh, Some but, iconic Star Wars, yeah, too. But he has also written a lot of Doctor Who. So if you love Doctor Who, which, ironically, we're talking about later on Nerdyverse. So how ironic. How, how, much, how much of a coincidence Get is that? ready for the feels. So, uh, anyway, he, he got a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Time of Death by Kevin yes. Scott. And so this one is, so uh, this one's from the perspective of Mm Obi-Wan as he dies. So earlier we get a story of Qui-Gon, the perspective of a force ghost existing, Mm -hmm. right? Now we get to see the consciousness of a beloved character moving on. Yes. Um, And obviously we know he moves on to be one with the force, but like this is what, this is that happening, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, is such a real... Uh, treat to to kind of journey through it's re- it's really interesting this is a weirder one in the fact of yeah. just how it goes but th- i mean you know number one he's dying number two he's like trying to will himself to be one with the force yeah but remember who he is which apparently is like the whole thing um it's almost like there's this test when you it, obviously this is fictitious this is in the star wars universe but there it's almost like there's this test when you die of can you remember who you are? Can you remain who you are as you die? Mm-hmm. It's almost like that's the key to eternal life through the Force is do you just get absorbed into the Force and just become life essence in general? Mm-hmm. Or do you become life essence 
that is Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, because that's essentially like his journey. We can't go through all of it. It's one of the longer stories in this yeah. whole book, but uh, that's essentially what's going on. He's he's seeing, you know, very stereotypical, the, my life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> like, literally, he's seeing all of these moments. He's, he's seeing Anakin, even. He's reliving the duel, and he's seeing mm-hmm. it from, he's fighting, you know, the kid. He's fighting the teen. He's fighting, you know, he, like, he's... It's all just, here's all yeah. the events of your life thrown at you. Yeah, and the benefit of this coming out after the sequels is he sees Luke as old man Luke. Yeah, well, I, I love the moment, and, and that's when he starts to lean towards becoming one with the Force, because now, now you're seeing beyond. You're not seeing just what you can see. Mm-hmm. You're seeing beyond what the Force sees. He sees Han die. He sees Luke, yeah. an old hermit. And, and I love, though, the moment... Because he's, he's kind of, like, sad about that. He's very, yeah. like, he's like, I wanted him to become more than that. And it's just, exactly. like, if you, if, just wait. Because if you knew what he was about to do, like, if you knew what he was doing, uh, yeah. you'd be, like, you know, you'd be so proud. He's doing what you did. Mm-hmm. He's, he learned it from watching you. It's, like, I love the fan art that I've seen many Oh, yeah, times with the, of... the ghosts behind him. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love, I love the imagery of that and i i choose to believe that you know through the force that was what was happening oh yeah like you know that in the force yoda and anakin and obi-wan were like giving each other high fives just like heck yeah we did that yeah um so yeah so like he's transpiring all these events of his life and um even sees moments um when uh luke's a kid a very good moment when we realize that He's been the one that made the models for Luke that he mm-hmm. plays with, and, and oh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, and so, and what I I really enjoy is the parallel of what's happening now yeah. in the in the events of the film. So after he dies, Luke's getting shot at, and you know he needs to leave. He's in danger, versus an event that transpired previously. And when I first listened to this, I actually thought that it was happening simultaneous like you know how like the forces both past present future kind of thing like i almost saw it as without realizing it that event did happen in the past but it was sort of linked to this moment that in the force yeah obi-wan was defending luke just like he did at one point like you could almost overlay the scenes and it's exactly the same thing um i'm not saying that's how it transpires but that's how i kind of choose to read it Mm-hmm. Um, just because I love the poeticness of it, you know, the rhyme, yeah. but overall just the, that, that's when he, that's, that's that moment because the link with the past is that's the moment he chose to be Obi-Wan, Jedi Knight, um, and jump into the fray to save child Luke. Mm-hmm. Here he is now. I am Obi-Wan, Jedi Knight, and I'm protecting Luke. Like that's when he, mm-hmm. you, you've retained your consciousness. You are Obi-Wan and you are dead. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. I love that it begins and ends on that. I am Obi-Wan, and I am dead. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> it's just, it's so, 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 so good. I love that we got two very weird, interesting force perspectives in this, mm-hmm. both in an existing ghost, a becoming ghost. It was just so, so, so cool. Yeah. Uh, and that it was written by two of some of our favorite authors uh, was very, very nice. Oh, absolutely. So another one, definitely check it out. Again, it's weirder. Um, I do recommend the audiobook for this one. There's yes. not too many I'm like, you need the audiobook. But this one, just because uh, if you're like me reading, uh, reading per, 
I'm trying to think of the way, like, Visions, um, uh, uh, what's the, uh, mirages, like, like, things that aren't real that are happening, but, like, they're not physically happening, those, the way they're written sometimes, and it's not a knock to cabin, it's just, it's the way my brain processes, Mm -hmm. um, reading it doesn't work as well for me, because it's a lot of, wait, I need to go back and reread that, that didn't make sense to me, um, hearing it makes it much easier to process. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, to just digest it, I would recommend listening to it. Um, but definitely, if you want to pick up on little details, you can definitely read it to to kind of go at your pace to pick things out and all that good stuff. But oh yeah, and you definitely get more emotion that way as well. Oh yeah, um, more inflection. There's parts uh, in the audiobook that are inflected that probably you wouldn't. And I'm not saying that that's the way they're intended to. Mm-hmm. Like that, like oh, they meant to do it with that word, or if that was just the the reader's, um, you know, preference. Yeah. But regardless, it can still help with the digestion of the story and everything. Which, while we're talking about audiobooks, I recommend it. Every time we talk about Star Wars audiobooks, you need you need to get the Death Troopers audiobook, <laughs> even yeah. just for Bubbles. the titles. <laughs> like the chapter titles are read in such a way that it's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we're in and out on, uh, I, I go back and forth, but I'm going to say par, probably my favorite. It's very good. Um, you know, this, this begins and ends with, uh, great stories, yes. but none so much as Tom Engelberger, who we have met, um, yes, have. as well. He does a lot of fun Star Wars. Um, people would call it for kids and everything, but I think it's just fun Star Wars. It's just um, goofy. Exactly. And he brings that here, uh, in full form. Um, in Wills. Um, this one is great because is it canon? Is I it think not? So. I you I you so. decide. Um, but it's from the perspective of two Wills, which if you don't know, so originally Star Wars was going to be, and the reason it was very um, written, very uh, archaeologically written, was yes. it was the idea that it's from a journal of the wills you know that was that was way back in the day idea of star wars that it was a new hope uh, an entry from the journal of, of the wills or something like that and mm-hmm. um, that's the whole reason that there's the a long time ago like it's it's being written and then it transitions from writing to visual and everything like that blah 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 yeah. the wills have kind of come back into being through dave filoni and the clone wars a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, we have the guardians of the wills in uh rogue one like they, they exist within canon, but does this really happen? We don't know, but it's it's just hilarious. It's it's yeah. it's one Will trying to write episode four, and it's the other one taking issue with how he's writing episode four. If you ever wanted to firsthand experience a conversation between us about some things, right. read this. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to, we're not going to, first of all, it's only like a seven, eight minute yeah. Uh, story. It's not that long. Uh, it's not meant to be. Uh, it's just enough to get your, get you interested and and give you a good laugh. So, um, check this one out. It's hilarious. Uh, if anything, read this one first. Yeah. Start here, and it'll convince you to read everything else. <laughs> but hopefully, uh, I ideally you'll go back and read everything because of um, what we've discussed today. Hopefully, if not, fine. Maybe you just enjoyed listening to these perspectives. 
but um, we can't recommend this enough. We can't recommend you try out the uh, new one enough. Um, it's out now, so definitely local bookstore or Audible. Mm -hmm. Both are uh, great and viable options and highly recommended. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons who support what we do. Doug, Jim, and Rebecca, you guys are awesome. Um, thank you to everybody else that likes, shares, and all that good stuff. Thank you to Game Infinite. Yeah. I'm wearing merch. I am merch. Um, thank you to Game Infinite. Jesse, you're awesome. Um, if you love game news, if you love game content, cosplay, art, uh, and all of that good stuff, and uh, reviews, blogs, and uh, just the latest uh, news about your favorite games, or games maybe will become your favorite, um, Game Infinite on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, like it, follow, uh, subscribe, all of that good stuff to get that in your news feeds, uh, and, uh, go to support a good friend of ours, Jesse. Um, you can also check out Star Wars Infinite. Uh, we manage that over on Instagram. We post art, cosplay, trivia, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so if you want more Star Wars in your gram life, um, then go check that out. Hashtag gram life. Hashtag gram life. Yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. you just need a good gram. Knitting granny squares. Yeah. Hey, 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 John. What do you call a delivery service that delivers uh, grandmothers? Instagram. Shut up. <laughs> I, I told you that story already, or that joke. Uh, also check out all of our friends <laughs> over at Red 5 Network. Yes, uh, they podcast way better than us and are better uses of your time. But thank you for giving us your time. But um, check them out. They do a lot of other great things as well. Um, and with that, I think we are good. We have already said, and uh, but just as a reminder, we're back with Nerdyverse later. And we're going to be talking about Doctor Who. Yes. Um, uh, if you don't know what that is, I recommend you Google it, check it out beforehand, because um, it's too much to explain in a single episode. So we kind of need you to kind of have an idea of what it is before you come to that episode. Yes. But uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite episodes, so we'd love to hear yours um, uh, and all that good stuff. Favorite Doctor, all that good stuff. That tells you a lot about a person. So, but It do. Yes. Uh, so with that. We'll see you when we see you. Bye.